Welcome to the Happy Homestead Podcast. I'm thankful that you found your way here. You're in the right place if you're looking for meaningful conversation that's raw, that's genuine, and that is centered around Christ. There may also be some conversation sprinkled in about coffee, chickens, day-to-day life that tends to be a bit messy, and also some things about the Enneagram. I hope that you can snuggle up with me with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and that we can dive in together and that this becomes a safe, relaxing place of rest for you. Thank you for joining me. My name is Elizabeth and I'm excited for this journey. Blessings. Um, okay. Can I have you pray over the message if you don't mind? Sure. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to get together with friends. I pray, Lord, that you would bless Elizabeth as she gives us your word this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would help us, Father, as she breaks the um, bread of life, that we would accept it. And Lord, we just love you and we just thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, so um, I titled this today, Miracles and Mercies. Um, so the last time uh, we talked, we talked about being distracted and allowing ourselves to get sucked into social media in order to avoid facing our feelings and our emotions. And we also talked about how it's easier um, a lot of times to take the counterfeit of the world's version of peace sometimes than it is to take what the Lord has for us. Um, the Lord who wants your heart so that he can have a relationship with you. Um, and so I always give a lesson based off of my own personal life experiences and what I'm going through. Um, and so I feel like the Lord's been communicating with me through those words uh, miracles and mercies, and so I um, I just kind of wanted to talk about that today. So, why do we find it so difficult to dig into the Word and to come to our Father? Why is it seemingly so difficult to open our hearts to the One that created us and bear all of who we are to Him so that we can love Him more fully? So really, this stems from a fear of rejection. So I know that some of you may not resonate with with that, and you may think, I could never feel that way towards God. Um, But rejection is a basic fleshly fear that we all have. It's part of our humanness. It's part of what makes us human. Mm -hmm. So we know our God takes us as we are and he takes us in and he washes us white as snow and that he loves us endlessly. He does not reject us for our past. He is full of love and his love is full of mercies and his love changes us. So we know that 
But we also know that God doesn't stop there. He doesn't just love us, but he also took things a step further. He wanted to work a miracle in all of us. Since the beginning, when we messed up, when we were the ones that chose sin over our Father, the created over the Creator, from the time we left the garden... We serve a God that chose to continue to love us with mercy. A God that chose to redeem us with the working of miracles. And then this little um, quote here came from an Advent reading that I did with the kids in my pre-K class, actually. And um, it made me cry in front of my kids because, I don't know, just the way that it said it, it just touched me. It says, from the time, um, I kind of wrote it in my own words, but from the time that our feet stepped Outside of God's intended plan for us in the garden, he whispered the promise, it will not always be so. Mm. I just thought that that was really beautiful. And so since we are in the season of Christmas where we prioritize gift giving, um, we know that the real true reason that we celebrate is because, because God gave us the greatest gift of all when he sent his son Jesus, the rescuer and the redeemer. God sent to us a miracle, and that is truly our greatest gift. But, so to go back a little bit and regroup. One, God gives us unending love through his mercies. And two, through his miracles. So then surely we have no need to feel some type of rejection, right? <clears throat> Although our Lord and Savior does not reject us, we still may fear may fear that feeling of rejection. But how? When God's intended plan for our lives looks different than what we had hoped that it would. So here lies the answer to our previous question as well. Why is it so difficult for us to dig deeper into his word and to come to our father? Because we fear somehow that the God who loves us endlessly, the God who gives us abundant mercies, the God who gave us the miracle of salvation through his son, won't know what's best for us. We believe that we believe the lie that fear whispers to us that the God of love, mercies, and miracles doesn't have our best interests at heart. We are flesh and we follow the desires of our hearts, our dreams, and our plans we have for our lives. From the time that we are little kids, from the time that we're a child, we are asked consistently, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do when you grow up? Who do you want to be when you grow up? And pretty quickly, we build dreams and plans for ourselves from a very, very young age. When we grow deeper, though, into the relationship we have with our father, we find it relatively easy to accept his love, to accept his mercy, to accept his miracles, but 
when the Lord asks us to dig with him in our hearts, we suddenly become afraid. Maybe not necessarily of what he will find, but maybe of us finding that the Lord's plan for our lives does not match our own. Mm -hmm. But we have no need to fear rejection. Our own desires, dreams, and interests, they're not always sinful. Although they can be, and we will read about this in Ephesians in just a minute. What makes them sinful is when we would rather cleave to our own desires and not the Lord's. There are a lot of things that aren't sinful that we desire that are seemingly good and 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 healthy and it's there's nothing wrong with it until we reject what God has for us and we cling to our idea of what is good. But there's still hope. God knows us deeply and loves us even more so. In fact, he is the one that designed you and he gifted you with your talents and what makes you who you are. All we need to do is to step out in faith and allow the Lord to dig deep into our hearts. Because something really miraculous happens next. All of our broken plans and all of our broken dreams that we thought we couldn't live without, they are replaced by and aligned with the heart of our Father. The plan that you have had for your life, your whole life, may not be looking like you think it should. And I want to encourage you to let that go. To not be afraid to release your grip on the idea or dream, or plan that you've been holding on to so tightly. Because even though God's plan for you will probably most definitely look different than what you had in mind, it will be for your good and His. It will be far more rewarding and fulfilling than any dream you've ever had for yourself. So, since it is close to Christmas, I did want to kind of tie this into that a little bit. One of the best examples of this, this holiday season, that us women will be able to relate to. We can kind of relate to Jesus and what he went through because he's human, but he's still a man and and we're women, so we can only relate to a certain extent. The one I want us to, to focus on is Mary, Jesus' mother. So Mary was a virgin, and she was engaged to marry the man of her dreams when this angel, out of nowhere, showed up, and he told her that she was going to have a child. Not just any child. she's going to have the savior of the world and his name would be Jesus. So I just want you to think about that for a second. Can you even imagine? I mean, she's in the middle of wedding planning, you know, she has kept herself pure and, and holy for her wedding with this man that she loves deeply. And then out of nowhere, a total 
total plot twist that would knock anybody onto their feet, off their feet. So here she is, and she's like, I've got to tell this man that I'm about to marry, that I'm carrying a baby, and it's not just any baby. This is the savior of the world. Like, but it's not his. Can you even imagine? Because I know my my brother, he married a woman who had a child before. We love him endlessly. We love him as he was our own. But that adds added pressure to any father to raise a child that isn't of your DNA makeup. So Joseph now has to raise a baby that he didn't conceive or father with Mary, but now he finds out that it's he's the savior of the world. Can you imagine the stress and the pressure that they had to have felt? And did he actually believe that at the beginning? Right. And the the angel had to appear before him and, and be like, listen, but she's telling you the truth. So I'm sure as a woman, Mary, she was filled with so many overwhelming emotions all at once. And I'd say she might have even been frightful of this new plan that God had for Excuse me for her life. Because back then she could have been taken out and stoned. Yeah. That was so, the punishment. Do you think that that's the, the picture and dream and plan and vision that she had for her life, the way that it would go? Mm-mm. Most not. definitely not. But what an honor to be chosen to carry, to birth, to nurture, and to raise the Savior of the world. That's awesome. But none other would have been able to do so in the way that Mary did because this was Mary's purpose from before she was created. Exactly. And think Mm -hmm. how rewarding and joyous it was when she followed God's plan instead of her own plan. It's not to say that it was easy for her because I'm sure that it was difficult and trying and that she went through trials and tribulations and things that she never would have had to have went through if she lived her life in the way that she had planned and dreamt that it would go. Mm -hmm. But she would have still had joy and peace nonetheless even through those trials and tribulations and trying times because... She was in the will and the plan of God. And had peace about it. Mm-hmm. So praise be to God that his plan looked nothing like Mary's plan that she had for her life. Because it was through God's plan for Mary's life that our Savior was born. God's mercies and his miracles are ever flowing when you are in his will and plan for your life. And before we read and close, um, my grandmother is always saying to me uh, to leave a well in the valley for the next person. And that's actually biblical. That's actually found in the Bible. And I didn't, to my own shame, I did not realize that. Um, and that's something that the Lord's been telling me for a while uh, for the last few weeks anyways, um, 
And that's hard because to leave a, to leave a well means you have to dig. And to dig takes a lot of work. And you hear that and it sounds nice and refreshing. Leave a well in the valley for the next person. But what that actually means is you're here in this really low spot. You have to dig to get to the water. And that takes work and you have to dig deep. And if you've been in a dry spell, that dirt's going to be hard. It's going to be harder to dig. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about I just, that before until That's now. funny. I just watched a movie last night and... It was like a 1950s movie. It was old. Y'all wouldn't enjoy it. But this, uh, you probably would. But these girls would be like, oh, I ain't watching that. But anyway, uh, these, uh, a man and this woman were out in the desert. And they were like, they had then walked for miles and miles and miles and miles with no water. And he's like, we have got to find water. We've got to do something. So... Right in the middle of the desert, they just start digging for water. And they literally just about gave up because physically they just couldn't anymore. I mean, they literally were just laying out on the sand. Just, you know, just even a drop of water would have been. Anyway, so she, the, the man had given up. And the woman, he's like, you've got to get water. You've got to get water. So she just kept digging and... All of a sudden, the sand started getting sticky. Oh. And she's like, look, look, look. And so it makes him excited. So then he gets up and starts digging. But mm-hmm. um, as I was laying, I thought, that's that's a spiritual. And then you brought mm-hmm. that up. That's pretty good. Because yeah. I was thinking, wow, you know, so many times we about give up when hope is right there, you know. But you've got to stay the course and keep keep working hard and mm-hmm. keep digging and keep mm. yeah yeah that's neat you brought that up because that's i was thinking that last night watching yeah. that i thought so many times we give up and it's right there yeah okay. well like i said i i i always like write stuff that's it's i'm speaking to myself you know i've had lots of people tell me like you're speaking to me and i'm like but really i was like when I was writing that, like, God was, like, convicting me in my heart. And, like, this is stuff that I struggle with. And I felt, I feel like with this, um, like I said, he, he's been telling me, like, miracles and mercies. And, and I, I've had in several different forms and outlets, like, through the radio, through devotionals, through giving a message in tongues hearing like not me but hearing someone give a message in tongues in church and and it's all been very similar and he what he has said to me and I feel that it's applicable to all of us is to to watch for his miracles because he does still perform them I was saying was just uh the miracles and the mercies, um, to just thank him for the ones that he's already given to you. Um, and for me personally, like whenever I was saying that, um, we're afraid to dig, that was for myself just because Mm -hmm. that for me is something that I struggle with. I feel like, um, to my own like shame and I, it's, 
it's hard when the Lord is is drawing you closer to him and wants to dig deeper um, and wants to go in those places in your heart that you don't want to let go of mm-hmm. because you're it's not it's not necessarily that you want to be disobedient but in a way it is a form of disobedience because you're saying hey this is my little dream and my little idea of how I want this area of my life to be um so let's just not touch that yet cuz I'm afraid that if you do touch that, that it's going to turn into something that I don't really want. In a way, we're giving into fear. Exactly. And it, and in, in a way, it is directly a form of disobedience without even realizing it. Um, and so anyways, I just wanted uh, to encourage everybody else, as well as myself, um, to not to not be afraid because... God ultimately has our best interests at heart. Um, And if you're in his will for your life, you're not going to be miserable. And even if the plan that he has for you looks completely night and day different from what you had thought it was going to look like, you'll still you'll still have peace in that. So to to close this out, I want us to go to Ephesians chapter two and I'm going to read the whole chapter. And it's in the New Living Translation, um, and there are 22 verses. Ephesians 2, 1 through 22. Okay. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. Obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By the way, inclinations is um, your likes, your interests, your desires. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. 
You lived in this world without God and without hope, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when, in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility towards each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him, and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now, you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, You Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. So that was really encouraging to me whenever I read that. And I felt that that directly applied to what we talked about. Um, You know, it, it talks about being dead because of our sins and our disobedience and how we used to you know, live our lives uh, following our passions and desires and our wants. Um, But then it goes down to say, but God, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that he gave us life through the miracle of raising Christ from the dead. So all right there, like in those first five verses, you've got everything we talked about. You've got the mercies, you've got the miracles, you've got the love. Um, and so anyways, I know today's lesson wasn't very long, um, but I hope that I hope that it encouraged you in some way. Um, and I just I want to just encourage you to um, to not be afraid, and I'm talking to myself, to not be afraid to let go of your ideas. Um, because what what God has isn't it it's not it's not our idea of bad. He wants us to step out a little deeper in the water. Right. And we have to be able to accept faith. Yeah. We have to be able to accept that our what we think is good may not be good for us yeah. because God knows all and he can see all. Um so Anyways, that um that's all I got. Thanks for tuning in. I just wanted to kind of uh, apologize 
there in the middle of the lesson, I received a phone call. Um, and so we had to stop recording and then try to pick back up where we left off. So if there seems to be um, a break and like not really a smooth transition there, that's why. I just wanted to also point out that if you are local, the Gals of Grace is ran through our church at Full Gospel Tabernacle. We do meet once a month. Normally, it's the first Saturday of every month. And we do have breakfast um, and coffee. And we have food and fellowship. And we, we don't just fill our tummies, but it also um, nourishes our soul. And we always have a wonderful time with that. And when the lesson is over, I normally end it... Um, and the conversation carries on and we pray for each other we uplift each other we we talk to each other we ask questions and it's really a wonderful wonderful time of fellowship for all of us and i wanted to thank you also for tuning in if anything that was spoken upon touched your heart in any way i just ask that you share not to glorify me and this podcast, but to glorify our Father so that someone else may be ministered to and may it may spark something within them and it may cause them to, to dig deeper into the gospel and to, to come to know our Lord and Savior as well. That's what it's all about. And I thank you for tuning in and I pray that God blesses you abundantly.